You guys know it just freaks me out. So, I'm uh, not the preacher for the visitors. I'm an elder and an eye doctor and a Christian. So, um, let's pray before we get started. Lord, thanks for uh, Bruce, his family. And thank you that they can praise you. Say, blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives and takes away. Blessed be his name. Bless uh, your word this morning. Bless your people. Bless your sheep. Speak their names. They will follow you. Help them to follow you with your whole heart. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Psalm 90. As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years. I'm getting pretty close to that. So that's why i got to say what i got to say. Get it out now. Or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow. For soon it is gone and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger and your fury according to the fear that is due you? So, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. What we need is a heart of wisdom. Not an outward show of wisdom with an untouched heart, but an inward grasp of reality which goes to the core of who we are. That's what we need. I'm playing with a definition of wisdom, and it is uh, perceiving reality. That's why Jesus said, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. We need perception, perception of reality, the reality of who God is, who we are, and uh, our environment, and then grace, wisdom is grace to walk consistent with that perception. So we need, we, first we need to, re, to understand the reality of God, it says, beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Second, we need to understand who we are honestly in our inner man. It's painful sometimes to face the truth about ourselves, but it's necessary to be healed and to be made whole. Third, wisdom means understanding the reality of our environment, the physical reality, which is what I do daily. 
and uh, also the people around us. Yeah, understanding that, that's not always easy either, is it? And why is this important? Because it's possible to, to base your life on a lie. Uh, untruth and unreality. If we start with a foundation which denies the reality of God and, or understand um, or misunderstands Him, the rest of our life structure will be faulty. It's not enough to understand who God is in reality if that perception does not penetrate into our hearts enough to change the way we live. Wisdom is the penetration of truth into our hearts to such an extent that we live in harmony with the reality of of who God is and who we are and the environment around us. Let us pray this morning. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Jim's been teaching uh, recently about suffering, and some of us have been suffering. One of the benefits of suffering is it takes us out of our comfort zone and puts us in a place to cry out to God and to do business with Him. If everything's cruising along, I don't think we cry out to God with the intensity that we do when we're in pain. And that's why God warned the Israelites to be aware when everything was going great. Deuteronomy said, Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, rules, and statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full. It's interesting. He didn't say, Don't forget me when you're you're in the suffering. That's when we tend to remember Him the best. But when you've eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up. And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. When we're suffering, we cry out to God. He hears us and answers us. His truth penetrates us, and we grow in our relationship to you, to Him. The presence of God is known in the valley of the shadow of death. Thou art with me. There is a table prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. Yes, there is. Some of you are nodding. Praise God. Understanding the good news of who God really is. It's interesting. We started a new Sunday school, and that was what it was about. Who is God really? Who God really is provides the foundation, the safety net for everything else. The fact that God knows our frame and understands we're but dust. Isn't that nice? We don't have to be more than we are. We can relax. He understands. Like a flower here today and gone tomorrow, that we are sinners unable to help ourselves, yet He undertakes our rescue by His own strong right arm. That's good news. That God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that we might not perish but enjoy the God type of life. It's called eternal life. God type of life. 
He meant for us to have that Jesus stood in our place and took our sins upon Himself that we might be forgiven and freed. That He sent His Holy Spirit to inhabit us, help us in our weakness, and transform us. These truths enable us to face the reality of who we really are with Him, to understand ourselves, to call upon Him to help us, and to change us. Sometimes I think we all put on a happy face and appear to be more than we really are. I know I do. The Bible calls that a hypocrite. It's called an actor. Um, but we as Christians should be free to admit our, our weaknesses, knowing we have nothing to prove. Jesus is our righteousness. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. It says, yes, it's possible to be self-deceived. But God forgives our... If we openly admit our sins and weaknesses, God forgives them and does a purifying work within us, cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Transformation does not come through a denial of who we are, but an admission of who we are. Then we're in a better place to receive help from Him. So my prayer is that we will all do real business with God. After our first parents sinned, what was the first thing they did? They hid from God. Kind of a, seems stupid to us, doesn't it? How can you hide from God? But do we do it? Do we think we can get away with it? Sure we do. Our first parents did it. We do it too. The eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. It's so sad, isn't it? So we try to hide who we really are from God instead of admitting it, talking it over with Him and dealing with it. Don't we know that all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of Him with whom we have to do? So you can't fool God. You can fool yourself and other people, kind of, sometimes. So be honest with God. This is That's it. That's maybe the sermon right there. Be honest with God. You may as well be. He already knows what's going on. He he knows your thoughts. So how can you hide? You can't hide from Him. So you may as well be honest with Him. If you're mad at Him, He knows it. So get in your closet and have it out. Have it out. Now, some people don't think this is right, but but I do. And I'm going to show you biblically why I do. I think if if you have a beef with God, get in your closet and get it out. He can handle it. (laughs) He can handle it. David did, did he not? Read the Psalms. Was David honest with God? 
Did he cry out to God? Was he on? Did he say? Did he have a beef? Did he did he ask God why? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you hidden your face from me? Why have you rejected me? Why do my enemies triumph over me? This is all just right out of the Psalms. Where are you, God? That's what David did. What was he called? A man after God's own heart. Ask yourself, did Job do business with God? Did he cry out honestly to him? Job. Job 10. Sorry, I'm still sniffling from... <laughs> I'm bringing it down on you, Bruce. I loathe my own life. I give full vent to my complaint. Full vent to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. He's saying, God, I'm bitter. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Let me know why you contend with me. Is it right for you, indeed, to oppress, to reject the labor of your hands? Job 13, but I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to argue with God. That's what Job said. I want to argue with Him. And you say, that's not right to vent your anger to God, to speak in bitterness to Him, to argue with Him. Oh, yeah? Well, Job goes on and on asking God why and cursing the day he was born and crying out honestly to God in his agony and telling his friends they don't know what they're talking about. And they, they recite some pretty solid party-line platitudes. They're pretty good. Uh, about God punishing the wicked, and they assume, of course, that Job is wicked because he's suffering. But let me ask you this. In the end, who was vindicated? The friends or Job? Job 42, it came about after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Wow. You know, when I read that, you know, just, that, one is, that one hits me. So God is not put off when we cry out to Him honestly. So He says, God says to the, the friends, now, now therefore take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams and humble yourselves and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves and my servant Job will pray for you for I will accept him so that I may not do with you according to your folly. Because you have not spoken of me what is right, for the second time, as my servant Job has. Read what Job's, quote, friends say, to, and then read what Job says, and the weight of those words will hit you. Because you have spoken to me, you have not spoken to me what is right, as my servant Job has. So God wants you to do business with him. He wants you to cry out honestly to him. Don't be afraid to do it. 
Out of that honest interaction will come the revelation of God. As in Job's case. Job 42, I have heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. He knew about God before, but now he's saying, I've experienced him. Therefore, I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. So a lot of times when we cry out honestly to God, we realize how stupid we sound and we repent right there. That's okay. So, um, David did not only ask questions, uh, why questions of God, he sometimes asked why questions of himself. So he says three times, in Psalm 42, this is from last week, Jim, Jim preached on this, why are you in, why are you in despair, O oh my soul? He's talking to himself. Why are you in despair? And why have you become disturbed within me? So part of emotional health and spiritual health, and the two are inseparable, is being aware of what's going on within you. I'm not really very good at this. You know, I'm a cheesehead. We just keep going. What we, what we're feeling inside of us doesn't really make any difference we're going to keep going but it's healthy to to know what's going on and to say you know if you realize you're disturbed and disquiet it and ask yourself why get before the lord and lay it out before him and see if you can figure it out together if you realize you're angry you know ask yourself why has my ego been offended why is that what should i do about it uh, try to answer yourself, I'm disturbed because, and just get it all out and ask the question. Is there something I should hear out of this? That's a good one. And cry out, and then be quiet. So that's the other part of it, I think, of this word. Be still. So you get it out with God and then be quiet and listen. Um, it's a two-way conversation. So if you've ever had an argument with somebody and they just talked over you, that's not a conversation. That's a diatribe. But what we want is we want to have a dialogue with God. So we want to, we want to pause and listen. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool does not delight in understanding but only in revealing his own mind. So this applies not only to our relationship with one another, but also our relationship with God. So don't just, you know, reveal your own mind. Listen, listen to, to Him. I remember one such dialogue I had with God about one of my loved ones. I got it all out. And uh, then I listened. And His response to me was pretty clear. I didn't hear the voice. I've never heard the voice. I would be happy if God would let me hear the voice. But I knew what he was saying, and it was, you want to spare your loved one pain. I want to make them a partaker of my holiness. And that really helped me. 
at the time. It still does. Lord, yeah, I'm holding you to your promise. So you get it all out, and then you're still, and you know that he is God. Let him lay his hand on you and speak to your heart. Humble yourself and listen. Open your heart to his comfort. Let him speak. Let him rebuke. Uh, Respond to him. Say, yes, Lord. You will emerge from your closet a changed person. This is what it means to walk with God. It's what it means to be a man of God. This is what it means to be a woman of God. Blessed Pascal said, All men's miseries derive from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. And if that was true of Pascal back in his day, what about now with television and radio and our phones and Facebook and Instagram? Somebody sent me an Instagram and I couldn't open it, so then I signed up for it yesterday. I got all kinds of pornography at me, coming at me. I mean, all this stuff that, that just fills our lives. That's part of what Jesus said when you pray, go in your closet, you know, and your Heavenly Father will hear you in secret. We need it. It's, it's, it's health. It's health to us. It's life to us. <sighs> yeah. How many of us sit in a quiet room alone, think, and talk to God? And then the other thing, you talk to yourself. So you ask questions of yourself. You also talk to yourself. And it doesn't mean you're insane. Healthy people talk to themselves. David addressed himself all the time. He exhorted himself. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to his soul, right? And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Yeah, blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So you speak the promises of, so you pray, and then you speak the promises of God to yourself, and you remind yourself of all the good things that he's done and the promises that he's, that he's uh, spoken over you. And you exhort yourself to, to bless the Lord. Exhort yourself. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And you sing hymns and you sing songs to the Lord. And you enjoy his presence. And sometimes you're going to shout because you can't contain it. It's called a shout, shout to the Lord. It's just so full of joy. There's no way to keep it in. You're going to shout. A joyful shout. All right, and then our environment, the people. So we want to be honest with God, honest with ourselves, and then honest with other people because it says, do not lie to one another. Since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge, according to the image of the one who created him. So we're not to lie to another to one another were to be honest and it's kind of a soft honesty because the other scripture says speaking the truth in love right? 
speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is our head, even Christ. So part of growth is realizing the powerful effect of the family of our family of origin, our upbringing, and how we relate to people. Pete Cazero, I think it's the next slide, but um, he, he's uh, he's written emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy church, and, and he's been quite helpful. Uh, and one of the things that he says is you should make a genogram, a family tree, where you describe the people in your family, and uh, examine how they dealt with emotions and conflict, and then some of the sins and weaknesses. This isn't a real fun fun thing to do, but he says sometimes you got to go back before you go forward. And so these patterns tend to repeat themselves unless they're faced squarely, held up to the light of Scripture, and intentionally broken so we can be renewed to a true knowledge of the one who created us. Some families deal with anger by stuffing it. Uh, This is my family of origin, I guess. Uh, Not dealing with it. And then it grows to the point of, you know, it festers, and then you can get better, and then all of a sudden it explodes. And uh, it's not fun when it erupts. When some families have a conflict, they don't go to the person with whom they have the conflict. What do they do? Go to somebody else and vent. Well, that's not good either. So... If you don't think about it, you will handle your emotions and conflicts in the same way your family did, and this may not be Christ's way. So Scazzaro insists that to be spiritually mature, you have to be emotionally mature. And he gives a lot of practical advice on how to, how to express your emotion, how to resolve conflict, because we're all broken people who need healing. Um, we all come from dysfunctional families, right? Beginning with the first family, Adam and Eve, they were dysfunctional. And our families today are dysfunctional to one degree or another. So we, need, uh, we all need healing. So one, one metaphor that describes us in Scripture is tree. Of course, we all want to produce fruit. But if you focus on fruit, sometimes you don't get it. What do you focus on? Keeping the tree healthy. Then the fruit comes naturally. So when you're healthy, you're going to produce fruit and you can't help it. To be saved in Greek means to be made whole and healthy. And we're all in the process of being saved and being made whole. Emotionally healthy as well as spiritually healthy. We want to be able to communicate with people honestly. Uh, but with respect and grace. And this is an art form that has to be learned and worked on. It doesn't come naturally. What does come naturally are our old sinful patterns that we inherited. But it's an exciting journey, is it not? The Christian life. Is it good or isn't it? Is there anything else out there? A day in His courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. And I was going to read that psalm, but this morning I got this one. A day in his courts is Psalm 84 if you want to look it up. But Psalm 62 is the one I'm going to close with. He says, 
For God alone, my soul, waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Then verse 5 says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. Now, first he made a statement. Now he's talking to his soul and he's saying, Wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Pour out your heart before Him and then sit in silence. Because... God is a refuge for us. Amen. That's our message. Get alone with God, pour out your heart before Him, then sit in silence before Him because He is our salvation, our rock, and our refuge. Lord, teach us. Teach us to number our days that we might present to You a heart of wisdom to understand reality, who you are, who you really are, who we are, uh, our weakness, our sinful patterns, our emotions and motivations, and then to understand who you really are and what you've done for us to save us, not only from the penalty of our sins, but from our sins themselves. Enabling us by the Spirit to change, to be renewed, in our minds and hearts so that we progressively walk more consistently with the character of the one we love and with whom we delight to spend time. Lord, give us a desire to seek Your face. Give us a longing for the courts of the Lord. Let us hunger and thirst after You. And let us spend time crying out to you and listening to you as we travel on this amazing journey of the Christian, the Christ-centered life. Teach us, O Lord, to number our days that we may present to you worshipfully a heart of wisdom. Amen. Brothers want to come? Come on up.